The podcast that you're about to enjoy is part of the Low Tree Studios podcast network. To enjoy more great podcasts like this one, visit LowTreeStudios.com. Featuring insights and inspirations from the mind of Boogie Triggs. Hey. This is this is Boogology, a Low Tree Studios podcast. My name is Jason. Yeah. I'm the producer and co-host, and joining me is the man behind the name, a 21-year Air Force veteran and a high-level leader and motivator of people, Mr. Boogie Triggs. Hey, how's Boogie it going? Triggs. <laughs> no, I like when you go like boogity boogity. <laughs> boogity 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 triggs. No. Yeah. <laughs> so how hey. are you, man? I'm well, man. What about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So we didn't mention, uh, well, they already know because we we're doing video this time. Right, right. Because you were like, hey, man, how do we do the video? Where'd you see yeah. the, where did you see the video? I, and you're like, yeah, why aren't we doing video? I saw you on another one of your podcasts. Oh, yeah. let, let me tell you guys something. Jason is more Jamaican than I am. This dude <laughs> has so many podcasts. Yeah. It's a shame. <laughs> so, so many. Too many jobs. Yeah, too many jobs, man. <laughs> You know, and um, it's it's something. So I saw it on another one. I said, "Hey, man, we need to put a little video on there." Yeah, I like it. You know, yeah. So uh, we we we're recording two in one day, yeah. but last week we released the first video, which was a really good conversation. Find find yeah. the gray. Uh, we're gonna keep it a little off the off that subject a little bit this time, but I I kind of want to tackle the the subject of of safety versus fear. It was another thing that we were talking about before we recorded this. <clears throat> kind of the idea of uh, you know, people and they're, they're sort of, I don't want to say addiction, but it is sort of an addiction. We're addicted, we're addicted sort of to being safe and secure. And in my feeling, in, and this is where I want to get your perspective on it. My feeling is there really is no such thing as that. Uh, life is fluid. It's constantly moving. There is, there is no such thing technically as, as safety. Uh, we have safe moments. We have our safe spaces sometimes, but even those can change because uh, safety is, um, can fall victim to what to impermanence. Life is not permanent. It's always moving. There's nothing that's ever staying the same. So if we we try to remain in safety, uh, it's just going to crawl, crumble from underneath us. Uh, that's my feeling on it. Not necessarily all the time, but what's your perspective on safety? Well, here it is. Here it is. When you're talking about being safe. There was a movie I saw, man, years ago. It was shot at at Edwards Air Force Base. Part of it was, not the entire movie. But it was Armageddon. You remember that movie? I do. Yeah, it's a good movie. Well, Billy Bob Thornton was in there. And he was the one that was talking to the guys about going up to attack the meteor to prevent it from destroying the Earth. And he said, there's a meteor about the size of Texas heading here just to annihilate all life on Earth. And I was like, man, that's something. We're always watching the news and talking about how a meteor is going to pass close to Earth and everything. And I just say, hey, I wonder if NASA or even whatever metrology company out there knows if there's a meteor that's set in line to destroy Earth. And if the <clears throat> and if our political powers knew about it, would they notify the public? And I answered myself, no. Because if they did, man, we were just going to total chaos. disarray and chaos. Yeah. So the safety is allowing us to go on, continue doing our own business, totally oblivious to the fact that something's coming here to destroy us all one day. Hmm. That is safety. Yeah, safety, it's, a, it's a mental thing then, more than a reality. Is, yeah, safety is not knowing 
what's going on and being comfortable in where you're at because it works for you. Uh, that's, that's true. <clears throat> that's where a lot of people get comfortable, man, in their safety. It's like, hey, this works for me. I'm okay. If I got to go do something else and I might not be able to do it as well, it might mess, disrupt my life. I have mastered my life around everything that's going on. I go to work at this time. I eat lunch at this time. I go home at this time. It's a fine science. I am good. Some there call it complacency, while others call it a common joy, right? Yeah, right. It's perspective. Right, perspective. So safety is that that comfort that says, I can do this regardless of what, and I'll be okay. And and again, me, me, <clears throat> my perspective on it isn't isn't judging it. Maybe at times it comes across that way because I guess I'm, I'm someone that's more uh, opposite of it. I, I do like to, if I'm a little too comfortable, I'm uncomfortable and I like to shake things up a little bit and, and, and kind of stretch the boundaries of who I am and learn something new. And, and that's me. I, I don't really like to stay in one place too long right. um, in terms of like what I do and, and jobs and occupations and stuff like that. Uh, even, even, even homes. I mean, we, we do tend to stay, uh, Mindy and I, we tend to stay, we've been in, in this area for a long time, but even me, there's been times where like, oh, I got to shake it up. I got to go somewhere else. I want to see somewhere else. Right. I've never seen anywhere else other than California. Really. It other- is a thing. You guys have a nice home, man. Thank it's you. like, what the hell are you talking? Okay. I'm listening to you, but what the hell are you doing? Yeah. But okay, go ahead. So I, I feel like, but I, I do feel like that when we get, we get locked into it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and if you find yourself sort of complaining about it, uh, and you're not necessarily happy with where you are, then maybe it's time to change. I don't know. Yeah. You know what? Here's the funny thing. When you talk about change, I remember I was doing some mentoring years ago and th- this is funny cause I haven't said this in a long time. So it's good that you make me use the gray matter again. So. I used to use a mathematical equation that wasn't math, but it sounds like one. It's almost like a limerick, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. When you do what you do, you get what you get. You understand that? I do. Okay. Explain that to me. Uh, well, when, let, me, let me break it down a little bit in my own head here. Okay. Go ahead. I understand it, but we're putting it into words in a different way is different. Okay. I mean, it's pretty simple. When, when you do okay. what we do, you get what you get. Uh, right. same, thing, same thing we were talking about in the, in the other podcast. You, you are your thoughts. If you think what you think, you're going to you, okay. get what you're thinking. Good. Let's stop there. Let's yeah. stop there. Okay. The second part is when you did what you did, you got what you got. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're a product of your past. Okay. Great. So if you don't like what you get, what do you do? you don't like what you get, you do something different. I guess that's, okay. but that's not right. part of your, your little limerick. Oh, no, it is. Oh, is it? It is. See, the average person says, you change. And I say, did I tell you that? They're like, no, I did. So there you go. Yeah. No one else can tell you to change except for you. It's super simple. So when you do what you do, you get what you get. When you did what you did, you got what you got. If you don't like what you get, what do you do? Change. There you go. Simple math. That's great. Uh, it's that, that whole quote, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting new results. When you do what you do, you get what you get. That's what that is, <laughs> yes, essentially. Absolutely. Uh, so, so change it up if you, if you feel like it's not working for you. How do you think fear plays a role in, in that for people? I think a lot, of, a lot of people are afraid to change or have the fear because of the fact that change is the unknown. Yeah. I know what I have working for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did what I did. And I got what I got. Even though I'm not happy with everything I get, I'm happy with roughly a, a percentage that I can live with. And if I change, 
That's the unknown. And I don't know if I want to put forth that much effort to see this thing into fruition. Why, why do you think people are afraid of the unknown and are you afraid of it? No, man. One thing I always said, especially when I was in the military, regardless of where I go, there's one thing I'm going to have there, and that's me. Mm -hmm. You put me anywhere with me, and I'm good, man. I, I think I'm my big supporter. I'm, I think that I'm my, my best tool I can have with me to get anything done. So I think a lot of times people, mm. <clears throat> they, they find themselves in situations that they may not be prepared for. I'm not saying I'm prepared for any situation. I, I say that I am prepared for any situation. Does mm. that make sense? Say it again. Okay. I'm not prepared for any situation, but I am prepared for any situation. I got you. So I don't have like all the, the accoutrement, the, the, the rope, the guns, the hammers, and everything else prepared for anything, but I'm prepared for everything. Right. I'm prepared. Like, should something happen, I don't care what it's going to take. I'm going to get out of there. Yeah, and that's a really good perspective to have, really, because all you if you if you use if you use your past to kind of illustrate how you've done, you go, well, all you've had is yourself. Absolutely. And look what you've done. Yes, absolutely. So you don't think you can do the same thing somewhere else? Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's what it boils down to. But see, a lot of people feel that no, they've had help from others. No. I've had well, people yeah, that work for me be like, yo, Boogie, you did a lot for me. I say, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I only ask you to be what you what's on that resume. If you are what's on that resume, we're good. But if you're not, then now you got to follow my plan and you may not like it. So I haven't done anything for you. You interview with me. You got the position. Now it's up to you to keep it because we can get anything. Keeping it is a challenge. Yeah. Right? So I just think a lot of people are afraid that now they're stepping out on, them, on themselves and they may be held accountable. It's like... I'm I'm kind of going somewhere with this, so so take the ride with me, okay? Let's do it. Believe me, the, the seat is comfortable on the passenger <laughs> side. So so it, it's like this: everybody thinks that they're intelligent, everybody thinks they're smart until they're graded on it. So you ask me a question right now, and I'm giving you opinion. I don't have to fact check anything. This is all opinion. However, comma, if I know that you're going to go ahead and check it to make sure what I'm saying is is factual because there's a quantifiable source, I get nervous. And a lot of people think that they're good until they're being graded. Hmm. And that's what they're afraid of, being graded. Same as somebody having an answer to a question, but they're afraid to say it in front of anybody because they don't want to be embarrassed if they're wrong. But you know me, I don't believe in right and wrong. I believe in good and better. Yeah. So I don't give a shit. You ask me a question, I'm going to give you an answer. So what do you mean by being graded though? What do you mean? Because I mean, life—you're—you're you're essentially graded. I mean, you're essentially graded anyway, right? Are you really? I think so. How so? Well, I mean, we have things that in place for we're graded for our performances at at our, our at occupation work. At, our, at work. At work, yeah. Again, you're being graded. So if you know how to do the job so well, so where where so what, comfortably? What examples are you referring? to? Well, I'm referring to work as yeah. well. Yeah. You're being you you're able to do the job so well because you do it with your eyes closed. You've right. been there 15 years, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Now all of a sudden another opportunity comes up. You're afraid. Because they can't grade you on this because you know it too they well. can't grade you on what you've known. Yeah. Now you go to a new site and you're going to get graded on that. That's the fear. The fear is now like, man, I'm going to get graded on this. I don't know if I want to do that. So essentially it's a fear of failure. Yes. However, welcome failure. 
Welcome failure as an opportunity to learn. See, that's why I, I tell everybody, okay, opportunity is a chance to, and they add two of themselves. Succeed. There you go. Yeah. But I don't say that. I say opportunity is, and then it, whatever you add to that is how you feel. That shows me your confidence level and everything else. I ask people that well, what, work. What answers have you gotten? I've gotten opportunity is a, is a, Opportunity is a chance to succeed. Opportunity is a challenge for us all. Opportunity is the unknown. Opportunity never comes unless you try. I've heard a lot of different answers. But for me, opportunity is, a, is merely an opportunity, is merely a chance to, to succeed. So if you look into that, you delve into it that same way, and I'm with me, as I said, I got me involved with it, with me, I'm going to succeed. My succession may come later. It may come as a cause based on my level of sweat equity I have to put into it, but I'm going to succeed. Do you think that your increases, uh, you increase your chances if you if if you've already built something right, and then you start over? Uh, do you think you're, you 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 you'll succeed quicker? Because I think one of the things people are afraid of the unknown. They're afraid of having to rebuild, right? And my my feeling is like if we were able to we we rebuilt. And it's taken a long time to rebuild. We know how to build. We yes. know how to do it. Yes, we do. So I think that if you did, if you did say, "Hey, we're, let's do this. Let's let's just say you want to start your whole life over somewhere else," I don't think it's going to take as long to rebuild as it took to build initially. That's my feeling on it. But I don't know. Military logic is funny, right? So if they get funding for a building to renovate a building, they can only take the building now three walls. They have to leave one wall standing or a fraction of that wall standing, and then they build. Therefore, it's not a rebuild. Right. It's a renovation. Yeah, it's a great point. <laughs> right. It's a renovation, exactly. So I don't think anybody rebuild because you never rip up the entire groundwork. You can't. You can't. So it's just a renovation. We all renovate our thought processes. We all renovate, renovate our processes as far as how we accomplish things. It's just everybody will say, I don't want to start all over. You can't. Yeah, you're never going to start no. all over. I don't know anybody can climb back into the womb and be born tomorrow. I, no. I just don't know that. You, you can't. You're here. So you have to look at it as saying, okay, this is merely a challenge for me now to delve into areas of myself I haven't touched upon to grow with. Because every time you take another job, you're growing. You're adding to the value of who you are. You're continuing to grow your brand, who you are. And if you're afraid to do that, then you should remain where you're at and be comfortable and just shut up in color and not be mad whenever things pass you or someone else passes you. Really? So you think you should give in to your fear? I think that there, no, I'm not saying you should. I'm saying that there are people that give in to their fear, but want everybody else to soften it for them. Mm. See, one of the biggest facades that I believe is when someone says that um, you, <laughs> oh my God, I'm sorry. I have to laugh at this dude because I, I just heard the voice in my head <laughs> saying it for me. <clears throat> you ruined my confidence. Whoa. You've heard those words before? I've heard those words before. Okay. You ruined my confidence. Wow. How, how can I ruin your confidence? Yeah. Because every time I try to do something, you shoot it down. No. 
Uh-huh. I've challenged you to be more tactful. I've challenged you to use your strategic knowledge. I've challenged you to adapt. I didn't use the, lose your confidence. Mm-hmm. I should have strengthened your confidence. Your confidence in the fact you looked at me and you said, this man is challenging me to do something that he don't think I can do. I'm going to show him. Yeah, I love that. How can I ruin your confidence? Well, you, 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 no one can ruin, other than taking your, own, taking your life, no, no one can ruin you. Uh, right, they you, can't ruin your confidence because that's an internalized feeling. Yeah, you, you're, you're choosing to let them ruin you. Right. But you're the one ruining you. Right. You're the one deciding that their opposition is truth. Right. When, when instead it's really, uh, it's much less opposition than you're going to face than when you actually do take that plunge. Absolutely. Because the hardship in comparison is going to be reality. This is just conversation. Right. Right. I'm right. Sorry. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. <laughs> Can't right. hear you. I know, man. I'm sitting back relaxing <laughs> yeah. because this, this is taking a great, great turn for me. You're now delving in something that not personal to me, but it's making me reflect upon a lot of the things that I've had, both personal growth, professional growth, as well as now some of the mentoring sessions I've had, man, that I've forgotten. So the gray matter is really waking up right now. So I would always say that, like, you've heard the phrase intestinal fortitude. I've heard it. Okay. Meaning that it's in the gut. It comes from the gut. It has to be in you that you can pull up on. I thought they were talking about farting, but but (laughs) thanks for enlightening me. Uh, That's a white thing? I don't know (laughs) black people. (laughs) We do this too, guys. Intestinal fortitude. No, fortitude. (laughs) So, so... That's something that, that's internal. It's something that who you are, your makeup is. So I used to have to tell people, like, listen, no one can take that away from you. Yeah. No one can. You've seen some of the strongest people or the weakest people become strong. You've seen some of the strongest people retain their strengths because of that. So whatever it is your makeup is, that is what enables you to get by or through any type of adversity that you encounter. If you don't have that, you, you won't make it through. But everyone has it. I just think a lot of people falter on it. They tend to accept what's going on with them. When I, when I played sports, I used to write stuff on my sneakers, and it would say IMW. IMW means impose my will. Mm-hmm. Impose my will. And I, when I coached, I gave it to my guys. I said, guys, IMW, impose my will. And they were like, what does that mean, coach? I said, what it means is that both teams, when they step onto a field or to a court, both teams wants, want to win. Nobody steps on there saying, it's time for me to lose. It is up to the team that's going to win to impose their will upon the ones that's going to lose. It's up to them to let them feel like it's okay to lose. I'm supposed to lose. And you do that through either better talent, through either better technique, skill, preparation, execution, Everything. So the other teams like, man, we can't beat those guys. They will have been broken. They just faltered on it. It's the other team that went to their intestinal fortitude, like we're gonna make this happen. So intestinal fortitude honestly can't grow without being tested. Absolutely. So if you're just sitting on <clears throat> the past test, you have no idea what your strengths are, what your capabilities None. are. And and there are those of, of us who 
uh, always want to test it. I'm one of yeah. those. Um, and then there are the, are there are those that that don't necessarily have an interest in testing it. Right. Right. And there's nothing. Would you say there's anything wrong with that? No, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just know that the the pond that you're in, you're going to be swimming there. And don't get mad because somebody's in a different pond than you are. I just think that a lot of times people do things and they get comfortable. I don't use like, I don't like to use the term complacent, but they get comfortable where they are. Mm-hmm. And then someone else comes along and they do things that are different. And they're they, still looking at themselves and say, why am I not doing that? They'll look at the other person and start judging them. Why are they doing that? And I can't. Well, you should start with yourself, but not asking the question why they are, because now you're measuring yourself against them. And look at yourself and say, why am I not doing that? Not why I can't. Why am I not? Yeah, why am I not? And also, if you talk about the pond that you're in, other people are going to come into that pond and even change the the pond itself that you're Absolutely. in. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you've chosen to stay in that pond, you can't really get upset when something comes in and tries to change it either. So, and that's, that's, I mean, that's true of so many people. I, I, I myself have been in those situations where it's like, you're, you're, you can use, you can use any example, right? But the most common one is work, right? Because the a lot yeah. of what we do at work, we can't control. We can't control who the management hires. We can't control who we're working with. You can't. So you're there, you're working, you're comfortable, you love what you do, something comes along and messes that whole thing up. Yeah. So you can either choose to still be okay with it because you love it, or you can choose to leave. Right. Right? But whatever choice you make, you have to accept the consequences of that choice. Here's the deal, though. Most most people that feel that, that they're embattered or bitter, before they leave, They'll sit there and complain in a situation because they want to change back to the way it was. Yeah, they do. They want, and I've or, been there. Or they, or they don't want the change. Why do we have to do it that way? That doesn't make any sense. This works. Well, you're living in, in an art. You're operating in a digital world with archaic tools. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Analog tools don't work right now in our society. They don't. So everything's being outdated, and you know as well as I do, Jason. For every technology that is invented, if we don't um, evolve with them, we get left behind. So we have to evolve. That's the evolutionary evolutionary process of mankind. We don't evolve, we falter, we die. So we're designed to evolve. We create, we evolve. Yeah. So part of part of being locked into that sort of a, a addiction to safety, it goes against really the laws of nature because the laws of nature are impermanent and constantly yeah. moving. Right. And you know, there, is there an animal that's safe ever? I mean, think about an animal, uh, especially one that's that's a that's prey. Even 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 predators. Well, predators probably feel pretty safe. Yeah, um, they do. <laughs> they do. Uh, lionesses are chilling. Yeah, <laughs> but then they might have a lion yeah. come along, and then see. But see, then what are they? What's their what's their fear that, that their pri- a lion's fear is that his pride will be taken away, and that's always in flux and at risk too. So they're not really necessarily safe either. I, I, I like can't where, be. I like where you're going with this. I'm going to go with some. I don't know if it relates with this, but I read it today, and it, it just blew my mind. So they just found the coronavirus in Chicago, mm-hmm. Illinois, has now has now grown to be Changed. A, a new strain. Mm. 
Here we go. It has manifested itself into a new strain, a rare strain they've never seen before. So we're talking about adaptation. Yeah. Manipulation. But it had, it's had nothing to adapt to, though. We don't have a we don't have a, a, I, hey, look, a vaccine look, for it. it. It has it has its own evolution. It's, it's <laughs> it really is awesome if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it from that perspective, yeah. Even a virus wants to stay alive. Yeah, and it has no opposition. There's nothing out there we have, man, that can fight this thing. But it's still like, oh nah, we we still got to make ourselves stronger. Isn't that hilarious? Isn't that weird? Yeah. And what's it afraid of? I have no idea. It has, it's not, and, and we call it fear, but it's yeah. not that. Yeah. It's 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 really it's really want to remain alive. So it's, it, fear you can really break that down in, in, into what is fear really? Really, fear is it's just a word, obviously, but it's it's it all. There's so many other or, regions, reasons, yeah, and origins. It's our want to remain alive. Yeah. Right? That's all it is. That's right. all it is. And of course, because our life is, yeah, we don't have really predators. Humans don't. So we have other dumb fears that come into it. Uh, I, I, I'm going to miss my the comfort of my, my cubicle that I love, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> We're afraid if the coffee doesn't have enough uh, creamer in it or something. Right, yeah, stupid something shit. stupid. But uh, uh, fear is an interesting thing. That's an, that's an interesting thing that you brought up about the, the virus. And how it just wants to stay alive. Yeah. And it's adapting. It's, 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 it just blew my mind, man. Like, damn, we can't beat you right now, buddy. What are you, what are you trying to do? We're going to change before <laughs> we even get, get, get it throwing a punch at all, a counter yeah, punch. absolutely, man. Like, wow. It's interesting. So, something. so safety versus fear. Uh, it, you know, it's something that I don't like to be too safe or feel too safe. Uh, I like to mix things up. I think it's an important thing for me. It always has been. Uh, I like to take a little bit, a little bit of risk, and I feel like it contributes to growth and adds value to my life. And I think that you can probably agree it's done the same for you. Right, it has, man. I mean, be, before I joined the military, I had never been exposed to the type of people that I had been. So, I remember when I graduated high school. I graduated high school at sixteen, and um, went off to college as a 16 year old, turned 17 shortly after getting there. And I remember my freshman orientation, there were three of us in there that were under 18, a 17 year old myself and some kid that was like 14 that was going to the lab school on, on campus. And after everybody was leaving, the professor kept us back. And she told us, she said, hey, one thing I want you to understand is, I don't want you guys to go out and be, no, she said, I want you guys to understand there's 86,000 people that go to this school and you're three. She said, so do you want me to go and tell these 86,000, watch your voices, watch your language, because we have three underage young men here. Or do I need to talk to you three young men and tell y'all grow up, mm. life is tough, mm. suck it up. I said, I think you talked to us three. I said, good, you got that. She said, and the other thing is, I don't want you to be a slave owner. I was like, what? Whoa, strong word. <laughs> yeah, a slave owner was She said, I don't want you to meet a girl from California, have sex with her, then have a baby by her. Then meet a girl from Michigan, have sex with her, have a baby by her. Then meet another from Alabama, have a baby by her, and so on. And then after they leave college, 
and they go back to their home. Now you have babies all over the place, no different than when a master made babies with all of his slaves and then sold them off. I was like, wow. <laughs> now I'm at a predominantly black college. Yeah. And this woman was saying this. I'm like, okay. White woman? No, she was black. Okay. So I'm like, wow, okay. That that stayed with me, resonated with me. So I'm saying this because we're talking evolution, right? So I hear that. My life when I joined the Air Force, and I'm seeing guys, man, and we were wilding out. Hey, Air Force, man. Have fun. You're you're yeah. young. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. We we had fun. My fear was still intact with me not being a slave master and everything. And I tried to, my buddies asked me, I said, hey, man, I told him what's going on. He's like, man, you stupid. <laughs> I'm like, hey, hey, you know, it's just something that resonated with me. So as I evolved throughout through life and became a father and, and had, you know, children, I had to take care of everything like that. That evolutionary process continued on. My wife and I, we raised six children. Six. Pretty easy on the eyes, man. I don't, I don't think I'm a bad-looking guy, you know, but this isn't about me. It's about them. Pretty easy on the eyes. Um, one of them six six. I, I say I'm 6'3". I was 6'4". One that's my height. These, these are just the boys. And um, all three good-looking dudes, you know. Then um, my, my girls... All three good-looking girls. Out of those six kids, my fear was somebody's going to have children at young age. Mm. The oldest now are 34, 33. And I say I've done well because the only grandchildren I have are from the 34-year-old and her husband. Nobody else has grandchildren. The youngest are 25. Mm. So no one else has children. So Did you instill that on them, that, that, that concept? Yes. Yeah. Because see, when I was growing up, man, I saw like a lot of young pregnancies and, and you know, young parents, young, I wouldn't say parents, it wasn't parents, but mothers and fathers. And I'm like, man, look at society. And I saw a lot of that. So, yeah, I push that to my children. So my evolution goes beyond um, just the process of what we see as far as, like, technology. It goes with changing the mindset, man, so we don't continue to fester that same type of um, cycle, that vicious cycle of baby-making babies mm. and so on and so on. So I, I think that we did pretty good, and I'm happy to say that. But that still resonates in me, and I still talk to young men and women about that same thing, you know? Yeah. So, well, thank you, Boogie. Some good right wisdom on. here, man. Uh, I would say this, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit about a lot of things and a uh, lot life is, life is impermanent. It's constantly moving and it is a beautiful ride. So if we're kind of stuck in that, uh, that safety, that addiction to safety, and we're afraid of change, uh, we're really resisting life itself ultimately, right. and, um, not necessarily the best choice to make. So uh, I would say just enjoy the ride a little bit. Go along with the ebbs and flows of it. Put yourself in check when you're feeling like you're maybe being a little too safe or you feel these fear moments come in. I would always challenge fear. Fear's there. I'm like, why is that there? And what can I do for it not to be there? But I also want to say this too, man, that there's couples out there listening to this. Okay. I was talking to a guy today at work. <clears throat> Excuse me. He kept telling me he was trying to make his, his lady better. 
I want to make her better. Hmm. I say, how hmm. so? I say, he said, I say, no, you're trying to change her. He's like, yeah. I say, no, you don't change anybody. You edify them. He says, I say, no. Edification is, I see something in you. You showed me how good you are at that. So now I'm going to challenge you to be that good. Oh. But if you're trying to get someone to think like you that don't think like you, that's changing them. You have to accept them for who they are unequivocally. Of course. With no equivocations whatsoever. And say, I'm with you because I have joy being with you. So if you find someone that is a Volkswagen, but you want a Bentley, you can never make a Volkswagen into a Bentley. (laughs) You might be able to change body parts and get as close as possible, but that's going to always be a Volkswagen. Yeah, everybody if, knows it. Don't, yeah, don't even try. That's right. So if you want a Bentley, go get a Bentley. But don't go get someone in, that you like and try to make them into something that you want. Okay? Great point. So, so that's the whole thing. Edification is, is in there, and it will help them to, to combat the fear, knowing that a significant other is on their side, and they're there with them regardless of what happens. Yes, that's key. Okay? Oh, I agree with that. You you, you got to have a, 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 a what do you call it? road dog, yo. Road dog, yo. Have someone that you're riding with that. Uh, see, what, see what I'm saying, son? <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> you have to have someone that you're that you're riding with that's going to see you at right. your worst, right? I right. mean, that's good stuff. So, thank you, man. Uh, yeah. And remember, guys, uh, know yourself before anyone else does. Absolutely. And stay tuned for the next bugology. Hopefully, it'll be out next week. We'll let you know. Yeah, man. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Bye.